The difference between success and failure, especially when it comes to hiring people, is truly committing to this. Your core values will attract the right people if you truly commit to them and you wear them around like a badge of honor. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of thousands a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey everybody, welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen and today what I've got for you is we're going down this leadership path and it started with Jocko. We did put out the podcast with Jocko and him and I talking about leadership and going through his laws of combat. And then the last podcast that I just sent out was uh, Dan Coleman and I, so the EOS coach that we hired in Blackjack and him and I talking about structuring the company. He talked about these three pillars, this everybody needs a coach, whether it's a CPA, whether it's a attorney, it could be a EOS implementer like him, all different kinds of things, business coaches, peer to peer network. So the mastermind groups that we're in, anybody that you can go to an accountability group that is peer to peer network, and then also operating on a system, really cool stuff from obviously EOS is the system that we operate on from the book traction by Gino Wickman. And we talked about that stuff. So then what it dawned on me is we've got, okay, we talked about this stuff, this leadership. We talked about growing a company. We talked about um, Dan talking about running on a system and what it looks like from a big company. But what a lot of people are struggling with right now is building out their team and how they build their team and who to hire and how they attract the right talent and what to ask and things like that in the interview process. So what I, what I thought we would do is go back to Flip Hacking Live this year. We're just coming off this event. We're just three weeks out of that event right now. And go back to my presentation that I did with Nate Johnson, my COO, about how to build the right team. And we talked about uh, growing, how, how we went from doing 1.3 to 2.3 million on the right team. So how to make an extra million dollars with the right team. And what we dug into was a lot of different concepts and ideas and try to show people how we hire people, what we talk about, what we look for, and, and how we do it. Because that is the number one thing. People say they want systems, they want process, they want all of these things, but you need the right people around you. If you're going to grow, you can hit a certain level on your own. You can hit a certain level with a couple people. You can hit a certain level with the, maybe not the, the exact people that you need to hit the next level, but you can just like a B player or C players, you can get to that level. But if you want to get to the next level and bust through all those ceilings, we talked about hitting the ceiling on the podcast with Dan Coleman is we're always going to hit that ceiling and finding the right people, hiring, training, leading the right people. That's the next step in, in your business. So if you want to grow, if you want to scale a business, it's got to be around people and then it's got to be around the right people. And you've got to be casting that vision and all of the things that Nate and I talk about in this presentation. So I wanted to bring you back to Flip Hacking Live. I know we shared Chad's presentation at Val's and now what I want to do is I want to share mine and Nate's presentation at Flip Hacking Live for you guys. And we didn't live stream this. We didn't put it out there anywhere. So nobody's seen this until now unless you were at the event. So hopefully you guys get a ton of value from this and you see the kind of culture and concept behind what we're doing and how we're growing our company and picking the right people and leading and casting that vision for those people and how we do it. Okay, so here's the presentation with me and Nate at Flip Hacking Live 2019. I hope you guys enjoy it. 
I hope you guys all understand what just happened right there. Mike got extremely vulnerable there with you guys all on stage. Like, I couldn't believe the numbers that he was showing. Not only did he break down like all the KPIs that you need to have in your business, I encourage you there, but he explained, like he got vulnerable and shared how he didn't have that stuff, how he'd failed earlier in his career, right? A few years ago. And some of those numbers he's showing on the screen, you guys took the pictures of like, he's showing you actual screenshots. Some of those were like deals that he still has in the pipeline today, right? If he was worried about one of you guys going and ripping off on his deals, right? That's crazy. Um, and the money he's actually making, right? Like, I, I, I couldn't believe the level of transparency of that. So that's why I want you guys to give it up and really give it to him. So uh, thank you, Mike. That's awesome. Um, who's having a good time here today? Been good? Mike brought it. Okay, so if you guys had a good time yesterday, I've talked to a lot of you guys uh, yesterday afternoon and everybody's confirming they had a good time. In fact, one guy told me this morning, I, I forget what his name was, um, but he was telling me, he said, my first time here, he said, I was skeptical. There he is right there, raise your hand, right? This is the real conversation. He said, I was skeptical. He said, Andy, I gotta tell you, I didn't know who you guys were. I was skeptical about coming to this event. He says, but all the things that happened to me yesterday, just yesterday alone, like hands down, like worth every penny, worth all of my time to come here and do that. True story, right? True story. Thank you. So, thanks. So if you enjoyed yesterday, you've already enjoyed this today. Um, all of this has to do with, with, with Bill Allen's like leadership and vision and, and completing all this, doing all this for us, right? We know that Bill's been present yesterday and today, and we're about to welcome him back on the stage. But there's a person that's coming on the stage with Bill who has not been on the stage. You guys have not seen him yet. But I want to tell you guys that he is the underlying reason that all this stuff is happening. Bill is here. He's in front of everything. He's making things happen. He's working really hard. But he could not be doing that without his amazing team. And his amazing team right now is being led by a man named Nate Johnson. Nate Johnson is not only an awesome leader for Bill's team, and all of Bill's team that's here, they can probably attest to that, right? But he is the reason, right? Um, he is also just an amazing, genuine human being. So I uh, met Nate for the first time a few years ago, and uh, you know, I'm skeptical when somebody brings in a new COO, they're gonna run their company. I'm like, eh, you know, it could go good or it could go bad, but Bill was really confident with Nate. And uh, the first time I met Nate, it was confirmed. He's just an amazing human being. He's an amazing leader. Um, and I, I love Nate Johnson. So I want you guys to help me give a warm welcome to the stage, Bill Allen back to the stage. And for the first time, Mr. Nate Johnson coming to the stage. Everybody give it for him. Give it up for him. Give it up for him. Give it up for him. There he is. Thanks, buddy. All right, you all right? Let's do it. You feel good? Let's do it. You ready? He's in the back getting pumped up. Morning, guys. Told me he was gonna wear a suit today, so I wore a suit. And then he shows up in jeans. I was like, what's up, man? Why'd you, why'd you wear jeans? You told me you were wearing a suit, so I dressed up. He said, I lost too much weight, man. They didn't fit. <laughs> Probably something I should have checked out before I he got here. He actually said, I was swimming in them, dude. I couldn't wear them. I tried them on a week ago. Awesome stuff. So, all right, here's what we're gonna talk about today. And I know that we, I've been kind of teasing this presentation for a while, and it was just amazing when we look back on what we've done over the past few years. Nate came in about like two, two years ago now? Just Almost a, two years, yeah. A little under two years ago, came in as the COO of, of my company. So you guys heard the story, you know, I had gone from one deal to 67 deals to just under 700,000 to 180 some deals at 1.3 and then 2.3. That was his year that he came in that we moved up from 1.3 to 2.3. So. And then this year we'll do close to three million. So on this, about the same number of deals. Still. Right. So for us, it was just a constant battle of bringing in the right people. And 
figuring out, getting the right people in the right seat. Mike Simmons just talked about EOS a little bit. He talked about some rocks and scorecards and things like that. So that's the model that we operate off of. So a lot of these things are gonna come from that kind of model. But what I wanna share with you, we took the time to look back and say, what was it that did this? How did we do it? What exactly was it? And let's give it to them. Because you guys can use this if it's just you and you're hiring your first person, or you already have a company at five, six people, or 10, 12 people. It's, you can apply this in different ways, but with the same kind of strategy and mentality. So we're gonna show you guys how to make an extra million dollars with the right people in your business. Yep. But right now, we're gonna show you our interview process. So, final leg of the interview process for Blackjack Real Estate. Gotta see what you're made of. Got Daniel out here flipping tires. He's already puked once. Had to see what he had to see if he's got any guts. He's getting after it. We'll see if the offer still stands after this. <laughs> so just do that. That's it. That's it. See if they make it. Get them to flip some tires. And uh, by the way, that was stage one of that interview. Stage two, there's a follow-up video that we're not going to show you because he did puke twice. And For hopefully sure. that never gets out because I, do we hire him? He made it. So we, we just, we're on the three puke policy, the three strikes. Yeah. So only two is okay. So uh, he accepted. He's, he's going to be our new dispositions rep. So we'll see how he does. Uh, yeah. Young, motivated guy. But that's the kind of dedication that you see. So... Um, all right, so what I'm gonna talk about is, today is the who, not the how, and the why and the when. So I'm gonna explain that to you. So what I want you guys to get out of this is the who, not the how, and the why, and the when. So understanding that, if you can walk away from this, understanding that, and grasping that concept, then that's the framework and structure of what you guys need. So what I look back at, so this is a, this is a chart for our profit, and this is just a snapshot. This is gross profit snapshot from November of last year to August of this year. Can you see the roller coaster that we were on at this time? This is not steady production. If you look at those months in red, those are negative, those are months that I lost money, the company lost money. And do you see the step down? So we saw November, we're in this trajectory, this upward growth, right? November to December, it's looking good. We hit almost 300,000. My goal was figuring out how to do $300,000 in the months. We wanna do that consistently to hit our three million. We had a $3.5 million goal this year. So it was looking good come December, and then January we started falling down. We hired a few new people in December, brought them into the team. Started dropping, then February started dropping, then March dropped. Yep. And that was January, February, March. We had our quarterly meeting in March, and I said, we said what's going on actually in December. We're watching this drop. Right. And then come March, we had one of the guys, one of the new guys that we had hired, came to the quarterly meeting and said, the day after that meeting, I quit. I don't like the way that, I don't like the way that you guys are treating me. I don't like the, the input. We are open and honest at our quarterly meetings. You guys heard some of those core values. We talk about that stuff. And I challenged him. I said, look, all I care about in the dispositions role is that you do every single thing that you can to sell that contract. You could slide it across the table to the acquisitions rep and say, this is not a good deal. We overpaid. It's not a good deal. I did everything that I could to sell that contract. Everything in my nature, everything that I knew, everything to sell it, and I couldn't sell it. He didn't like I, answering questions about why he wasn't hitting his numbers. I didn't feel like he could do that, and so I gave him some coaching. 
I've said, have you tried this? Maybe you should do this. This, 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 and this. And he just, he said, okay. He was listening. Next day, he said, I didn't like the way that Bill was talking to me. Yep. I was not aggressive. I mean, everybody back there was there. You can ask him today at the lunch. But I was just shocked. I said, what? No, he didn't like being held accountable. He didn't like being challenged. He didn't like being checked. And because of that, he's not the right fit. And he weeded himself out. Yep. We're going to talk about that a lot. When you set this up the right way, the right people will lean into you and the wrong people will lean out. And you'll find your people. You'll attract the right people and the right talent. So go back once. So what we saw, that drop, you start to see it come back up. We lost three people that month of March. We lost a sales rep, we lost a dispositions rep, and we lost a, who else did we lose? A project manager. Oh, yeah. So what we saw was we saw the whole team, all the leadership team and everybody else jump in, jump in where we needed people to help, and we started getting things done. Chad, who you just saw flipping tires, he jumped in and said, I'm going to take over the disposition side and started doing that guy's job on top of his job that he was doing in Nashville as an acquisitions rep going out and buying houses, he jumped in and said, I'll sell all the contracts that we have. And he just went in and started making calls and we start, he just started selling all the stuff that this guy couldn't sell for three months, got sold. He was able to move almost every single contract that we have by doing it the right way. And you see it, boom, 161. Then we went, we just jumped way up. This is on the back of three less people. Yep. And by three less people, you guys might not know, we're not a team of 100. At that time we were a team of 15, Yep. 12 full-time people down to like nine full-time people with some part-time people. Yep. So think about that. That's like a 25% loss in our entire company. Could you imagine if a big company lost 25% of their people? Everybody was jumping in and doing other people's jobs. And they weren't complaining. They were actually loving it. And they were driven. We all came together to get this done. For what? Not for themselves. For the greater good of the company, the bigger picture. So, And zero complaining. No complaining. Not one complaint. When I called Heather <clears throat> and said, hey, our disposition guy just quit. We're going to have to take over the disposition marketing. And I said, Chad, hey, man, I need you to step up and do an, another job other than the other two jobs you're already doing. Zero complaints. Not one. I know what he thought. You, am I getting <laughs> oh, more money? I know, I know exactly what he thought. He said, I'm in. More money, I'm in. Cha-ching. <laughs> so, all right, let's go to the next slide here. So I want to talk about the who, not the how, because I think this is one of the most important things for you guys to grasp here. So I, this is not original to me at all. Dan Sullivan teaches this, talks about it all the time, and it really moves me, okay? The who, not the how. As entrepreneurs, and I'm going to get a little bit passionate here just so you guys know, okay? And I might start talking a little faster. Tell me to slow down if I do. This stuff is pure gold. When we are entrepreneurs and we're starting our business, and you're a one-man show or a two-man show, you are trying to do everything. You think you've got to learn everything. you got this idea. So as an entrepreneur, you get this idea, right? You get this idea and then you want to go do this idea. What do you do? You start tr trying to figure out, trying to learn it. Oh, I got to set up CRM. Okay, how do you set up CRM? I got to go, I got to go do marketing. How do I do marketing? I got to get the buyer's list. How do I do buyer's list? You do all of these things and you try to figure it out on your own and you try to learn it and do it all. And what happens? You don't know how to do it. You don't have the next step. You don't understand it. So you get stuck in this loop. There's 10 different things. There's 20 different things. You guys are probably all thinking right now, you're like, there's 10 different CRMs that I could buy. I don't even know which one to buy. I could buy this one, and Mike just said Podio, and then somebody else said something else at dinner last night, and there's another one, and ah, oh, I'm tired. I'm just going to go over here and sit down. 
right? You procrastinate, then you quit. And then you say, you know what, that idea is probably not that good of an idea, I'm just gonna go do something else. I'm gonna have another idea later. And that's what entrepreneurs do. They have hundreds and hundreds of ideas all the time and they don't execute on any of them because they don't know the how. They think they need to know the how. Does that sound like you? Who feels like that right now? Like, no. oh my God, yesterday, everybody talked about marketing. I was like, I don't even understand how to open my Google and put in this website. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that's not you, but it could be. So like you guys are at a place right now. I'm sh I know it. Look, I get there too, but you know what I have to do? I have to understand that I, I don't need to know the how at everything. If you were at the VIP lunch yesterday, you asked me questions, and I said, you've got to find the right people. You don't need to understand everything. Do not strengthen your weaknesses. Focus on your strengths. Everybody says, go focus on your weaknesses and make them stronger. No, don't do that. Go focus on your strengths and forget about your weaknesses. Let Strengthen your weaknesses with other people. So it's now it's not about finding the how and understanding the how. It's about finding who already knows how to do that. Who knows how to do that? You plug into that, that is a direct line to success. You can figure out who already knows that and do it. Who knows how to sell? Chad knows how to sell. Way better than me. I don't need to go study it. I don't, need to, I don't need to do it all. I don't need to figure it out. I don't need to be the best at it. I need to focus on what I'm really good at. Do you guys understand this concept? I mean, you could use it in anything, in any business. If some of you guys have other businesses, think about this. Who already knows how to do that? You can shortcut the process. You can speed it up. I joined Seven Figure Flipping, and I plugged into Andy's business. He was the who. I didn't need to figure everything out. I had all these puzzle pieces out there. I, I could see them all. I, I, I understood it, I read it, I studied it, and I'm the, I was the guy, and I still am sometimes the guy, I have to fight this, I'm the guy that needs to figure out the how. I always need to know how stuff works. I blame my dad, you guys heard it. <laughs> this engineer mind, right? I always need to know, how does it work, how does it work? I'm, I'm starting to get over that. I wanna be an entrepreneur. The best entrepreneurs run like 50 or 60 companies because they found the who. Yep. Somebody who already knows how to do it, they've already done it. Plug into it, okay? All right, you good? Who not the how? Relax. Okay, that's the who not the how, okay? You're gonna cover where do I start? So where do I start with this? <clears throat> you've got all of the information from this, from this event, you've read books, you've listened to podcasts. <clears throat> where do I start? If I could give you the secret to hiring the right team and how to do that, probably with about a 95% success rate if you could get this right before you hire anybody. Does that sound like something you guys want to know? Uh, come on, do you guys want to know that? <laughs> well, you already know it because we talked about it several times this week. <clears throat> it's your core values. That wasn't a big reveal. Well, come on. And, and, well you guys know this, you know it. <clears throat> here's the deal. We did it, you guys and, did it. In your and it's not, it's not a secret, it's in your face. But I'll tell you, and I'll be, I'll be very vulnerable here, we, we dropped this big time when we first started. I came on, I met with Bill, we sat down, and we said, hey man, we gotta, we're, we're implementing this EOS process, one of the first things we need to do is identify our core values. Okay, what do you think? Uh, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I think they, the book says we need four. Uh, okay, yeah, all right, let's write that down there. All right, that sounds good, man, let's go. And then we told our team, hey, by the way, our core values is this, this, and this, and this. I don't even remember what they were. 
No, me neither. And the worst thing is they're, they're <clears throat> supposed to be mine. They're supposed to be core to me. And right. it was like pulling teeth. We, we spent like a day and a half on a video call trying to figure out what this was with everybody putting stuff in. And, and in fact, the funniest part was it was the wrong people that were on the video call trying to add to my right. core values of the company. That's why it was so hard because nobody on the, on the, on the call shared the same core values as he and I. Yep. Okay. And I, the reason that there wasn't this big aha moment is because you guys have heard this. Who here, who here is uh, currently working in or has worked in corporate America before? Raise your hand. You hear this stuff all the time. Core values, mission statement, all this other stuff. But did you feel like in wherever you were at in that organization that that was really true? No? You hear it all the time. It's just jargon. The difference between success and failure, especially when it comes to hiring people, is truly committing to this. And I'll tell you why. People ask me all the time and ask Bill, say, hey, <clears throat> it's pretty lucky that you guys found each other and all this, it's going so great and all that. I agree, listen, I've got a great opportunity and I think that it was meant, for, meant to be for me and him to kind of meet each other and cross paths. But it just happened by luck. He was sitting where you all were and he started, getting, started grinding and he started getting the business going and somebody recognized him and they invited him to a podcast. Well, I was out there on the other end where most of you all have heard him hosting the podcast, but he was the guest just getting started. I listened to that podcast two or three years ago. I heard him on there and I said, there was just something about this way, the way this guy talks. There was something about the way that he carries himself. I don't even know him, but immediately I felt a, you know, just a, a connection with him. A couple years later, another podcast he's on, same thing. Well, in that podcast, he's talking about how he just moved to Nashville. And I said, man, I'm going to go track that guy down and I'm going to meet with him. So, your core values will attract the right people if you truly commit to them and you wear them around like a badge of honor and they won't be a secret. So what are our core values? Bill talked about them. Extreme ownership, stewardship, hard work, integrity, personal and professional development. And it's no coincidence that extreme ownership is at the top because every single one of those fall underneath that, and they're, they're conducted with extreme ownership of every one of those traits. And also, it's pretty cool there that the, uh, the Navy guy has a uh, company that their acronym for his core values spell out SHIP. All right, so we, it was funny because we, we, were so, we were so tuned into these, and we, they're so, so valuable to us that when we first started stewardship, hard work, integrity, professional, professional personal development, that was our first, first pass at this, and we said, SHIP. And then I came back to Bill like six months later and I said, dude, we need to add ownership, extreme ownership on there. And he's like, I don't know. I was like, no, the reason that some of these people haven't worked out for us is because they're not doing all of these things with ownership. And he was like, yeah, but the acronym won't work anymore. And I was like, oh, but it will. Ownership. He was like, done. All right, what position do I hire for? Own, own, your, own your core values a little stronger than I did, okay? If it's really core to you, which it, it, ownership and ownership is the number one thing in our business right now that is it that's the first like that is it most of you it's a pay-to-play it's that idea but for us it's got to be front and center in everything that we do and because it truly is core to me and the fact that we fought that for a while is interesting so it's really reared it's reared its head especially if that was the time right then when we saw that big dip going we thought we had the right people it was the right personalities all the stuff what happened yeah it was that taking ownership pointing the finger out instead of in saying, it's my fault, I'll fix it. And that's what Chad did. It's like, 
He wasn't like, ah, I, well, it's not my job. No, he's like, done, let's go. Yep. I'm ready, good. All right. Who here says, okay, that's great. That's great, Nate, four values. Yeah, 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 good, good. Don't do that. Take them seriously. I promise you it'll make a difference in your business. But now, what position do I hire for first, okay? But what, who, who did you hire first? I hired a, a lead manager, lead manager. And a, kind of an office manager. Yeah. So a catch-all person because I didn't have any time. I was talking to a couple of eight-figure members, and I, I, some of them hired project managers first, others hired acquisitions first. So what's the, what's the answer? What's the answer? What position do you hire for first? What you need. What, who needs? What you need. Not what Bill needed. Not what Andy needed. Not what Terry needed. How do you do that? Okay? Every single week, you all do a million tasks. Next week on Monday, if you're looking to hire a next position and you're not really sure what position that needs to be, take out a piece of paper, start on Monday morning, and write down every task that you do that week throughout the entire week. You're going to have this long list of things. Go through there and say, what do I like to do? Which one of, the, of all these tasks that I'm doing that I actually like to do? Which ones are you good at? Because there is a difference. Right? What don't you like to do? I promise you there's a lot of tasks on there that you can circle that's, that you're not a fan of doing, right? Especially if you're the owner of the company. And there's a little bit of vulnerability that comes in this last one. You really need to be honest with yourself. What do you suck at? Seriously. Bill sucks at answering the phone. No doubt about it. Right? My assistant has my phone all weekend. So if you sent me a text message or message or called me, sorry. She's got it. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here real quick. You've got to be careful. As a business owner, you cannot give up everything that you don't like to do. Right. Okay? Do you hear that? You can't, just because you don't, as a business owner, there's gonna, you're going to be doing a lot of things that you don't like to do. And you might just have to do that. So use this as, as a plan, and that becomes the job description. Until but, you're in a position to find the who. Exactly. Right. And that's going to come. It's that step, that one person, then that next person. And then you're taking the, this, you're, you're having that first person that you hire do this also. You're both doing it. And then you're saying, okay, now what do I need next? What's that next person going to be? Maybe take some of their tasks and some of your tasks. Yeah. So at the, end of the, at the end of the week, the things that you have circled that you do not like to do and the things that you suck at, so they, they are both of those, that's your job description for your new employee. Okay? Go find that person. All right. Now you know your core values. You know what position you need to hire. And you've got resumes coming in, right? Who of those people, or how, how do I know who to hire? How do we do it? Personality testing. For the last hundred years, companies have hired for experience and fired for personality. I had someone tell me this about a year ago, and I got to thinking about it, and I was like, man, that is spot on. Everybody that I have ever hired at companies prior to this one that didn't work out for me was because they had a killer resume, but man, they just didn't fit, okay? Core values is a piece of this, but we're gonna talk about personality testing. There's a big difference between core values and personality, okay? So core values, obviously, it's 
not rocket science. It's your values that are core to you. Okay, we wrote those down. They're the things that the people that influence your life, that you build your personality and your, your moral compass around, right? They're non-negotiables. If somebody violates my core value, I look at them in a different way for the rest of their life. It's very hard for them to regain my trust, okay? But personality test is a different thing. Real quick overview. How assertive are you? How ambitious are you? How egotistical are you? How sociable are you? How much do you need, like, want have to have social interaction with other people. What, what pace do I move? Do I move at a, a lightning speed or am I just, I'm, I'm pretty easy going, patient guy. Am I very detail oriented? Or do I, I don't really care about the details, I just want to move fast. And last, do I analyze the data and make a logical decision or do I, do I make a, a decisions with my heart? Am I an emotional thinker? You need to know this about yourself before you even go look for employees. You need to know how you are. The reason that's so important is because that's how you're going to project yourself to the other people. You, if you know yourself really well, you know who that who is that you need. You need the other side of that a lot of times. Yep. If you have no detail and you're just a widespread entrepreneur, just high, high ego, very social, move super fast and have no detail, you need someone who's got some detail to help you out. Or you got 100 ideas and you don't implement anything. So you know what, you got to know what you're, I, I know, like I said earlier, I know myself better than I ever have, I feel like, based on a lot of these personality profiles and testing that I've done. Yep. Identify the ideal personality type for each position with your organization. So this is what this looks like. You're sitting down with, well, yourself or your other, somebody else in your uh, organization that you trust, and you say, okay, I know we, at this point in time, we know our own personality types. Bill and I's personalities are the exact same, by the way. He's just in a more, a more extreme version of assertiveness and vision and all this other stuff, right? Which is important if you ever decide to hire a COO. We won't get into that now, but the point is, is that we know ourselves, so now we can go out and find out which people are going to sit in these seats and what the, their personality types need to be to be successful in our organization, okay? And it differs from organization to organization, our, our expectations of somebody's assertiveness and being able to make a decision without coming to us is a lot higher than other people may be. I don't want you, once we tell you the direction, we don't want you coming and talking to us if you, unless you actually have to, you know, we don't want to hold your hand. We're not going to micromanage you. That's an expectation of ours. It might change from organization to organization. So you got to know yourself, but then you map out the ideal personality type for each seat in your organization, okay? Then, so I, I, don't, I don't want to jump past this. It, there's a free, there's free search. Like how, you guys might be saying like, well, these guys are talking about all these personality profiles. Like what, what is it? Maybe we jump past that. So um, we use a paid service. It's expensive. So uh, a lot of the seven and eight figure members know about it. We talk about it a lot. It's, a, it's for corporations. For you guys, I would just start with the DISC test, yeah. D-I-S-C. So I would start with that test. If uh, there's a company that uh, has a hiring system called Wise Hire, they build in the DISC test and I think they still do the charts. Yeah. I know a lot of the problem right now is that DISC test doesn't show necessarily the D-I-S-C. So a lot of us are working on figuring out the solution to that. But there's a ton of them. There's like Myers-Briggs, DISC, uh, Colby. There's lots of different services that'll do personality types. Find out, you know, use one. And we're going to talk about it, but that's not, the, that's not the cure-all. You can't just have that. That's step one. Got it. All right. You've identified the target. Uh, you've identified the, the right personality type. Now you're going to target that person. You're going to market with your job description, targeting that specific person. All right, so you're gonna use buzzwords in the job description that someone that has the personality type that you're looking for, it's gonna resonate with them when they're reading it. 
They're going to read this. They're going to read this job posting and they're going to say, oh my God, that's me. Okay. What does that look like? Are you a bold, resourceful person who can get to the heart of the matter and influence people to make decisions? We have an unbelievable opportunity for an assertive, goal-oriented person who can build rapport quickly and does not get intimidated easily. Do you want to be in control of your financial future? You must be a decisive forward thinker who can manage your time and follow up with leads, as we will not micromanage you. Is there a difference between this job posting and the... Uh, a job posting for, let's say, this is an acquisitions manager job posting, but if, uh, if you're looking at there and it says sales, uh, 37 bullet points, and it tells you how many appointments you need to go to, it tells me how many calls you have to make, it tells me uh, you need to be at the office at 8 a.m., and by the way, you need a high school diploma, and uh, also, too, if you can give me three of your references, that'd be nice, too. Which one would you open up and apply to? This one, if it's the right personality, and I can, I can vouch for it right there because four of the five members of my leadership team responded to an ad just like this. It works. You're trying, like I said, you're trying to get that person to lean into this. Anybody listen to the podcast that I did with Heather, our, our marketing, so the chief marketing officer, Heather? We talked about this. She said, your ad spoke, I said, why did you even apply for our position? She said, your ad spoke to me. I write copy. I love copy. That's what I do. Your ad spoke to me. I like had to learn more about this company. It pulled me in. We want to pull the right people in and we want to repel the wrong people from the beginning so we don't waste our time. This is step one. This is, this is just a giant lead funnel just like, your, yeah. just like your sellers, just like your buyers. Get them into the funnel, start down, start bringing them down. So this is bringing them in. We know who we need. We wrote the description. We're starting to attract that person. Right, now you've got the tools to start looking for the who. What's next? Okay, so now the next step. We got this person in. They saw that job posting and they said, this is me. I love this company. I got to have this company. This, I got to have this job. I'm going to apply. They're not resume dropping. They're really enjoying what we're writing, what we're putting out there, and what we're projecting to them. We know our core values. We know what we're looking for. We know who we're hiring. We know what our ad copy looks like, and we write it for that. So if we're looking for somebody that might not need to be super assertive, it's going to change. So that was for an acquisitions rep. So if you guys took a picture, don't just slap that up and go, oh, this is the ad that they use for everybody. Well, it's an acquisitions rep for our company. Yeah, exactly right. Good point. It's for our company. So look, you can use it. You'll attract good talent. And most of you guys in here, our core values are stewardship, hardworking, integrity, personal and professional development, extreme ownership. I think we're a lot alike, most of us. If you have some, a couple different ones, that's, I mean, this is the kind of people that we are. This is what we're doing. This is the, these are the type of real estate investors that we want inside of our mastermind group. We want it at our events. We want. It's these, these are strong core values that are very, very well-rounded of what we do. We're not looking for sign on the hood of the car, be sleazy real estate investors, make that name horrible. We want to help. We want to attract the right people here. This is the same core values of this company. Same core values for all of you guys, for me, owning this company now. Those are my core values for this company too. This event is going to be full of people just like that. I want to attract people just like you at that event. So now we're looking for the why and the when. We're going to focus on the why and the when. So how do I get great people to come work for me now? So they've applied. They're excited. They're probably researching you online and your company. So make sure that your footprint looks good. Make sure that your core values are actually shown on there, on your websites, anything that you're putting out there. That's why I'm building a brand. That's why I want my logo on the postcards. That's why I want people to know who I am. I want that logo to be out there. I want our reputation to be good. I want our reviews to be fantastic. I want customer testimonials out there that they're watching because they're, they're reviewing you. 
This, I, told, I talked about it at the VIP lunch. This marketplace, people have jobs, are looking for other jobs. They still have a job. It's not like if they've been looking for three months. The employment rate is really high right now. You want to attract this talent? This is, you want to attract the good people. So how do I get them to come work for me? It's the purpose and the cause, so it's the why. So we talked about the why and the when, right? Understanding the why and the when. The why is your mission. What are you guys doing? Our purpose and cause is changing lives one house at a time. So now we've gotten on the phone with them. They've applied. We look at their personality profiles. They're a match. We get on the phone and we start talking to them. We look at their resume, start talking on the phone with them. Who is this person? What kind of values do they have? It's more about the person than it is about the, their background. Like that, that resume is just what I even, because if they're doing sales, they got to have some sales in their background. It's not like they just, I don't know, they've been answering phones uh, for a telemarketing company and they want to come do high ticket sales or something. It's, it's the fact that they have some sales, that's just a pay to play. They get in, now we start talking to them. Who are they? What kind of values do they have? What are the core values? Does it does sound like something that we want. So then we give that purpose and cause, right? They hear that and they go, oh, I can get behind that. That's incredible. I love that. So now we're starting to interview them, right? So they come in the interview. And what you want to do is you want to, you want to, we got to win them over, right? In this marketplace, it's not like, all we care about is interviewing them. They're interviewing you too. They want to come, come on board with your company and you. Especially if it's just you. You've got to cast a vision to get somebody to follow you on a startup company. I had to do this exact thing. I just didn't know that it was all this stuff that I was doing. I was talking at Denny's with Eunice, my original sales rep, and I said, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. This is who I'm plugged into. This is what they're doing. I know that I can do that. And she believed me. She could see it. I was driven. She was drawn in by my core values and wanted to be a part of this movement that I was creating. And she jumped on board, she did really well because she was the right person at that time. So the next step is the vision in the future. So now you gotta cast a vision as the entrepreneur and the owner, okay? You cast this vision and what that is, here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna, I, you're, you've, just, you've just got on the phone with, with maybe one of my managers, you just got on the phone with Nate, and now you've passed all of that process and you're, you're with me. We're in an interview. I'm the owner and you're coming in as a mid-level manager in my, in my company. You've got the right core values. You've got the personality profile. You've got the resume. You've got all that stuff. And then I'm going to sit down with you and I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you to see if you can see this. Okay, I'm going to read it to you guys. It's a page. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to imagine that you're at this interview with me. And then I want, when I'm done, I want you to open them and say, I'm going to ask you if you can see this, okay? All right, close your eyes, please. The date is December 31st, 2020, and we just finished the year with a gross profit of $10 million at a 25% profit margin. We're doing a million dollars per market. We have 35 people and all the right people in the right seats. We're an EOS black belt at 90% strong in all key components. We have a world-class sales team following the blackjack sales process. We have an innovative 30-day new market expansion blueprint. We have the top market reputation and a five-star client experience. Two new vertical integrations were launched this year. We have an inbound and outbound call center. Our Blackjack Gives Back program gave away five houses to Gold Star families this year. 
Our central headquarters was a location for our quarterly events, and we had an annual off-site company-wide team building retreat. We embrace an employee-first culture. We monetize every lead. Our operations department is systemized and extremely scalable. We have unlimited funds, and we can buy anything we need. You guys can open your eyes. Can you get behind something like that? Is that something that would motivate you to want to work at a company like that? Do any of you want to come work for me right now in my company and just quit this mission? <laughs> like, your people, the people that are interviewing with you, got, I mean, I got chills reading that. That's how powerful that is to me. Like, I can see it, and I want to be there in three years. And look, it's on tape. Three years from now, you guys are going to be sitting in these chairs at Flip Hacking Live going, did you do it? How'd you do? I'm going to say stand up and see who's, who's been here for three years in a row, and you guys are going to stand up, and you're going to say, okay, who heard me say that? What do you guys want to see? Like, can we do it? I think we can. I know we can. We put that together as a team at our last meeting. My team threw into Like, they are behind that. I know that they're back there just like, yes, let's go. I love that. It, uh, seriously, goosebumps and chills. And what I'm looking for in that interview is does a person lean into that? Or do they go, oh, I don't know. This is, I don't know if I want to do that. Off-site retreat. That doesn't sound like fun. Employee first culture. Mm, not interested. Yeah. World-class sales team? Not me. I'm yeah. out. You know? I think so. So what is that person, like, what are they doing? What is their body language telling you when you're, when you're giving them this vision and this statement? And they know that it's written down, and they know that we're all driving and rowing in the same direction as a team. That's how you find and lead the right people. Uh, we're going to run through these last ones. We're running out of time here. So let's put all this stuff together really quick, okay? Pre-hire. Here's your checklist of things you need to do. Let's recap this. Are they a good core, core values fit? Yes or no? Does their personality type align with the role? Did they get excited about the why and the when? When you're, when you're painting that vision, when you're telling them about the why and the when, did they get excited? Did they lean in? This is important, especially as you're building a team and you're planning on growing. Do they desire to and have a clear capability to move up within your company? If you don't want to hamstring yourself to where you've got people that you have to hire around, this is what that has to happen. When, they, when you ask them about that vision and you ask them where they see themselves in that, they say, oh yeah, I'm in and I'm going to work hard to move up within your company. That's the reason that we've been successful. That's the reason why we can lose 25% of our workforce and people step up. Because in the interview process, I saw, we saw that they were able to move up. I interviewed Val, our lead manager, for our entry-level uh, position. She just moved to America, and I could tell on the phone that she was going to be a manager in our company. I told Bill in the interview. I said, I'm hiring her now because I'm going I'm to promote her in three, four months if she does what I think she's going to do. And she did, and she's here, and she's going to be talking today. Okay? This is, this is it. This is super important here. You wanna, if, if you want to shoot yourself in the foot with your hiring process, don't follow these things because this is it. Take your time. Do not rush and trust your gut. I can't tell you how many times I've not practiced what I'm preaching right now, and I've learned this the hard way. If there's something off about the, the person, there's something off about something, trust your gut. There's usually a reason why you're getting that reaction. Post-hire, train, delegate, empower, develop, and promote, okay? And we do it around these, these, two, these two main kind of, uh, these books and these, these concepts here. So we use traction and extreme ownership. We're training our people exactly how to do it. We're delegating to them. Most importantly, we empower with delegation. Do not delegate something to somebody and then micromanage them. Let them make mistakes. Develop them. Lead management, lead managing accountability, okay? Promote them. 
If you do all these things, you're, gonna, you're proactively creating a culture of internal growth and opportunity for your team. A culture that when people look at, they hear that vision, they're excited about it, and they stay, and they're bought in. This last quarterly meeting we just had, I'm not joking, Bill and I could have not shown up, and it would have happened, and I guarantee you the results of that quarterly meeting, the meeting that that vision came out of would have been really close with just them sitting in there. We could have not even shown up. In fact, the most of the meeting, we just sat back and listened, and I was just in awe. And it's because of all of these things, because we found the right people. Me too. So here's the Dan Sullivan quote for you guys. To attract the right who's, you have to be able to sell them on the what and the why. And this is a picture of our awesome team at our monthly, like our monthly roundtable. We all get together on Zoom. And we're missing a few people here, but this is the incredible team that we have that's going to do almost $3 million. I work two hours a week. Nate runs the entire company. It is amazing what we've created, but it's on the backs of each and every one of them, and they know how much I care about them, and they have no problem with me working two hours a week. Yeah. Let's give it up for Nate Johnson, guys. Oh, thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. That's awesome to watch again. I really enjoyed uh, listening to that again, going through it again, hearing Nate and how passionate he is about what we're doing as a company. Really cool stuff. So um, that was my, our presentation for Flip Hacking Live 2019. And we went through, uh, if you guys didn't watch it on the video, I highly encourage you to go back and watch it on the video if you have the opportunity to. Uh, so you can go to, uh, if you get our emails, you can watch it there. You go to housefippinghq.com and uh, check out the podcast link. And you can go to YouTube, our seven-figure flipping channel on YouTube, and you can watch the video. The uh, interview process that Chad did is pretty funny on the video if you check that out. And then at the end, you see the screenshot of my team and our staff uh, that gets together uh, once a month on our uh, weekly or our monthly call. So we kind of get together on Zoom and it's a picture of everybody. And it's just really cool to see everybody. So um, we showed, we also showed our profit. So our month to month profit, kind of the uh, chart and the dips and stuff like that that you can see on video and things like that. So just to wrap it up, we talked about the who, not the how. We talked about uh, strengthening your strengths and fortifying and hiring out for your weaknesses. Uh, we talked about core values and how important they are. And the structure of how you got to start with that. That's like, that's really the start is those core values. Then um, there's kind of, there's a lot of things on there on that presentation that you actually can do. So sit down, open a notebook, take out a piece of paper, write down what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you like to do, what you don't like to do. Go through that and create kind of this job description and plan. We also showed our job ad. So that's kind of up there if you watch it on the video and, and things like that. And our process, the vision that you have to cast. I know that I've read that through your picture on the podcast before. So if this is the first one that you listen to, it's the first time you're hearing it. If you've been following us for a while and listening to me, then you've heard that through your vision. And it was just like reading it from stage, watching all those 600 plus people in there, close your eyes and me say, do you want to come work for me and have people kind of clap and get excited about that? That's exactly what I want. I want people beating down the door of our company saying, I'm looking to work with you guys. And that's what that vision, we should be casting that out. Are you casting that out in your company right now? Or are you just putting up an ad and saying, uh, hey, you're going to be going into some crappy houses. You're going to be making some offers. I'm not so sure where we're going to be six months from now with the market. And uh, But 
please leave your corporate job right now, your uh, pharmaceutical sales job and come work with me because I think it's a, you, you have the opportunity to make a lot of money, at least in the six months that I'm still going to be in business. Or are you casting that three-year and 10-year picture? Like what, what does it look like? Think about who those people that you're hiring, what are they looking at? What are they seeing? What's, what is around them about you and your company? Uh, what are you projecting out to the marketplace to hire them. Remember, we're winning them over just as much as they're winning us over in the interview. So we talked about all that stuff. We also talked about personality profiles, things like that, knowing yourself and knowing what you need. So Nate talked about this kind of CEO, COO relationship, and you have to really know who you are. The interesting thing, so I know in the pre, we're doing this kind of like leadership talk right now. We're doing these, uh, this series that I'm putting together on leadership and growing your company. We are building businesses. The purpose here is to build a company that in a perfect world can operate without you if you want it to. If you want to be involved in your business day to day, that's fine. You can do that, but we're trying to come up with a plan here for you guys and show you how you can actually build a business. And it's interesting because I feel like in the real estate industry, like the wholesaling and flipping industry, people don't really look at it like that. Most people just see it's a side hustle. It's another job. It's a, I don't know what it is, but they're, they're not thinking about it like a company and they don't, they don't even look at their small company, like 10, 12 people as an actual company. Like it's, it's building revenue. It's, it's almost like I, what I hear inside the mastermind group sometimes that, that the people that I associate with is this person, uh, like how do I get this person to get on board to not want to take, like leave and go do this job on their own or leave and, um, and not ask for 30 or 40 or 50% of these profits and things like that. And I, I just go back to this, like if I worked for Starbucks, for example, I'm not sitting there going, man, they're charging five fifty for a coffee and we, we run you know, 5,000 people through the store a day and I make $12 an hour. Like, no, I work at Starbucks. I know that the company makes a lot of money. They have a lot of overhead. They have the building. They have the, they got to buy all the coffee. They got to employ all the staff. They got 401k policies. They got all these things and it's a business, right? We don't look at it like that. Now, when somebody comes into my company, a lot of times people are like, well, how do I get these people to stay? Or how do I make sure that they're getting paid enough or something like that? Like, look, you're running a company. You got to think of it like a company. What I love is that our last quarterly event, we're sitting down being open and honest with each other, talking about how much money the company's bringing in. People are bringing in deals that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars and they're getting paid anywhere between, you know, a hundred dollar bonus, a $50 bonus to $10,000 bonus based on their commission structure. But what we do is we look at it like a company. They're not looking at it like Bill Allen is making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year or millions of dollars a year. They're, they're keeping the company healthy. We're continuing to make money for the company. So we all have a job and an opportunity to grow and get better. So anyway, I realized I got on my soapbox a little bit at the end of this, but I'm, I'm incredibly passionate about this idea of building a company and building something that can, that can run without you. And that's what this is all about. So so what Nate and I talked about on there was that, and we've been talking, I've been mentioning it a couple of times on the podcast is a CEO, COO event. I really want to figure out how, if you're running a company and you're at a point where you're saying, look, I'm doing all the work, I'm tired. I want to figure out how to work less. I want to figure out how to hire this stuff out. I want to figure out how to do the things that you were talking about on this podcast to grow my company. I may have five or six people working for me. I got a hundred people working for me. I got 200 people, whatever it is. If you're ready for that, you're ready for that kind of next level to hire that COO. You get th this event is a no brainer for you guys. So anyway, come check it out. It's uh, December 6th and 7th. Uh, go to dash2.com dash, or I'm sorry, dash2 live 
live.com dash the number two live.com. And it's just an in-person event. This is the first one that we were put on. Um, we're not making it really big. We're going to keep it um, we're going to keep it pretty small, uh, a tight knit group where we can actually work with you guys. Cause the, the structure is people might think that there's an onboarding process. There's this, this fixed plan there. You can bring on a COO and everybody's the same. It's not the same. I, if anybody, I'm telling you right now, the person that I hire to be my COO is widely different than the person that, um, let's say, uh, Adam Ray needs to hire to be his COO or Jeremiah Johnson or Becca Shea or Andy McFarland, any of those people. We have to, figure out exactly what we're good at, how we communicate what we are. And it's very much a, a different process, a different structure, a different person that will, will, will mesh with those owners that would mesh with me and the way that I do things. So it's very specific to you and what it looks like. And then the structure of how we hire and train and do those kind of things is similar, but we're going to spend the first day and a lot of time on that on figuring out who you are, knowing what it is, and then how do you onboard that person? And what are the first things that you need to do together to start growing that company? What are some of the lessons learned? What are some issues that are going to run into? So if you guys want to apply to attend that event, go to dash to the number two live.com, fill out an application, and then Nate and I will take a look at it and we'll be in touch with you guys. So that's coming up in a couple months. Uh, I'm really excited about that event. This Nate and I have been working on this for almost a year now. And finally, we're getting to the point where we can roll it out. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to teach us a lot of stuff. We're going to get to know a lot of you a lot better. We're going to get to know this uh, dynamic. We're going to be able to see what works, what doesn't work inside other companies as well. So we know over the last two years what's worked and what hasn't worked inside of our company and what like skip the lessons that we had to pay a lot of money to learn, like hiring the wrong people, putting the wrong people in place and just jumpstart that with a very, for a company this size, this event is a drop in the bucket. It's a very easy, no brainer decision to, to come out to Nashville and hang out and spend a couple of days with us. Uh, we're going to do some, some cool stuff. We're going to have some fun together too. And it's a, just a great group of people. So dash two live.com and check it out. Uh, okay. Thanks for spending the time on the podcast with me today. I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, flip hacking live presentation that we did. If, if you didn't come to that event, you, you missed some incredible stuff over three days. It was phenomenal. So, all right, guys, I'll, I'm going to continue this leadership uh, going forward on the, uh, this kind of series. I want to continue to talk to the, anybody, the business owners, the leaders, the, um, if you, even if you're just a one man show, kind of developing your core values, figuring out what that looks like so that you can build the company the right way from the beginning and not make all the mistakes and, uh, you know, all the people lost that I had from the start five years ago. So, um, uh, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. I know you guys can spend your time anywhere and listening to whatever that you want that's out there. There's a ton of stuff out there on real estate investment in this world. So I appreciate you guys uh, hanging out with me and spending time with me. If you like what you hear, please share it with a friend. Leave me a rating and review. I would love to have that. And I'm going to be reading some more of those over the next uh, few podcasts. So thank you so much for hanging out with me. And I'll see you guys next time on the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. See you. Thanks for listening to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast with Bill Allen. If you want to grow and scale your house flipping or wholesaling business. Check out more insider tips and strategies from the nation's most successful real estate investors at sevenfigureflipping.com.